Welcome to the Beauty and Battle podcast, where we talk about winning in marriage by waging a war. I'm Jason Benham. I've got my girlfriend slash wife, Tori Benham, with me, and we are here to talk to you about how Satan tries to get you to fight face-to-face with your spouse, but God designed you to fight shoulder-to-shoulder against Satan so that you can win in your marriage. Fighting together draws you together. We cannot wait to jump in. So here we go. Okay, so I'm excited about this episode because I get to talk less and my girlfriend slash Tori gets to talk more because, you know, I don't know that a lot of people know, but you have some certifications behind your name there, Tori. She's got some certifications there. She's certified emotional intelligence coach. You know what? We need to do a podcast on emotional intelligence. Yeah, we should. I love talking emotional intelligence. And she's also a certified Enneagram coach. So when we talk about discovering motivations in marriage, we're not just talking about personality tests and all that kind of stuff. We're talking about legit what makes you tick. Because it's given us language to understand each other better. Right. Right. And it's kind of been fun to dig into this together because it's like we're learning a whole different side of each other that we didn't know. Like when you're dating, you're kind of, you're trying to get to know each other. And then this kind of takes it to a different level. Right. You know, it's, it's just like, oh, I, that is totally how I think. And that's like, I can totally see how us, us misunderstanding each other because we just think different. Yeah. You know, like just helping each other to understand each other has been a really fun thing for our marriage. Right. Like yeah. discovering one another. And the Enneagram is so popular right now that there's a part of me that's like, Ugh. I know. Like, and I'm I was not, the same I'm way. I'm not really into the Enneagram. I'm not right. into all that stuff. You know, it's just stupid and all. But then I took it. I took it several times because you need to take it a couple of times. And there's plenty of free assessments out there. What are some of the free assessments? Yeah, you can. And this has been really helpful for us in our marriage. Oh my gosh, has it ever. Mm. But should we talk about that now or should we wait until after you give me a joke let's, that I'm hoping do, that I laugh at? Let's do a couple pickup lines. Pickup lines. Oh, I like that. Okay. Knock me out. I'd say God bless you, but it looks like he already has. Oh, gosh. That's good. Yeah. I, I do like that one. <laughs> Are you a charger? Because I'm dying without you. Oh, Okay, like a phone charger. Got it. Yep. The minute you said charger, I thought for some reason I, I thought of like the ram, mm. you know, like the chart, the actual animal. Really? Yeah, it's weird. That is weird. Why would I think I that? I don't know. Why wouldn't I think of a football player? Yeah, I don't know. It is weird. You have another one for me? Um. Okay. Something's wrong with my eyes because I can't take them off of you. Okay, I like that one. <laughs> so one and three. Okay. Solid. Nice. Okay. Should we should we get back to talking about motivations in yes. marriage and how Enneagram has been very helpful to us? It has been really helpful. Yeah. And I think you can get a free one through your Enneagramcoach.com. That's who I was certified yeah. through. And oh, they're they're, great. The through McCords. the lens of the gospel, which is really cool. Yeah, Beth McCord, she she's really good. She's probably the best for Enneagram from a gospel perspective. Yes. But you can get a free mm-hmm. free assessment there. Yep. But so you can go to it's like assessment.youreneagramcoach.com for well, that free that's one. That's not long. Or I mean you could just Google your Enneagram coach assessment and yeah. it'll, it'll bring you right there. And then there's a twelve dollar one that you can do through Enneagraminstitute.com. Yeah. And honestly, I I think that one's really helpful. Yeah. 
And I, it's really helpful to do both because you can very easily mistype. Yeah. And I feel like if you do both of those, it kind of, it, it really helps yeah. if you're kind of in between two different ones and you're trying to figure out which one yeah. is more dominant. Well, and, and Tori, like I said, she's a certified Enneagram coach, but we, we have a guy who's kind of like an Enneagram mentor to us named Keanu Trujillo. He's got true, true step. That's not good. True strategy dot info. And he's got some really good stuff. And maybe one day we'll have him on the podcast so he can yeah, share he, with us even more. He is he brilliant. Helped, he helped us to di- to distinguish between two different ones yeah. than I thought I was. And it helped us a lot. Yeah. I think you were between two and I was between two. Yeah. And he really sat with us and helped us to figure out which one we were. But the thing that I like is that after I took it several times and, and you took it mm-hmm. and we discovered out of the nine different types... And it's not, they call it types, even though it's not necessarily personality type. It just helps you understand your core motivation. I'm a one and Tori's a nine. Right. And I'm telling you what, that gave me so much insight into her. And I'll share with you a couple stories about how that helped us. But first, I think what would be good, Tori, though, is give us a quick overview of the nine types. Yeah. So I think what's what's important to understand with the Enneagram is that we are all nine types, right? We're all oh, mo- yeah, yeah. we're all motivated by all nine of these yeah. types, mm-hmm. okay? But be- one is going to be more dominant than the other. And the right. best way I think about this is your right or left hand dominant, right? Can you right. use well, are you left or right hand dominant? Right. Your right hand dominant. Yeah. Can you use your left hand? See. Do you use it all the time. We. Yeah. I mean, you, it's it's something that you use. You use all of these motivations all the time. Yeah. But because you're right hand dominant, you use your right hand predominantly. You use it a lot more yeah. than you use your left hand. So that's what the Enneagram types and that, are. You're going to yes. have one. So you have one that is, a lot more. it's your more dominant way of thinking. And because anything that's dominant, we just tend to overuse. Right. We tend to overuse one motivation and it can be detrimental to us or it can, I mean, it can really make us who we are or it can break us. Yeah. And so I think it's, it's super helpful to understand which one is dominant and because really it reveals what, what you're more tempted with sin. Yeah. Like what, which sins you're more tempted by, you know, like it's not like, I think sometimes it's misused because it's almost something you can find your identity in. Like, oh, yeah. I'm an... I'm a nine or yeah. I'm an eight. It's like, yeah. shut up. Jesus never said yeah, that. Yeah, it's like whatever one you are, like whichever one it is, you've got major issues. Like we yeah. all, like whichever yeah. one is more dominant because it be- can become overused and not managed, it can yeah. be our greatest strengths can be our greatest weaknesses. Yeah. And so it's really, I think it's just really helpful to understand which one is more dominant so that you can manage yeah. it. And then you do not identify by it. No. You do mm-hmm. not surrender to it. So it's like, oh, well, so for obviously I'm, I on the Enneagram scored myself as a one. Right. Right. On all the tests I take, I'm a one, which is kind of like a perfectionist. I don't know. You're motivated. Right. By morality. Well, there, it's, a, it's a particular focus of attention. That drives you and motivates you. It's yeah. this particular way that you you're most motivated by just doing what is the right the next right thing. thing. That's that's right. what a one is. Right. And so, but but I don't I don't sit there and say, well, because I'm a one, I'm going to allow myself to act in certain ways that 
is not becoming to someone who's like a four. Well, I'm right. a one, you're a four, and we're just going to have to live with it. No, it's like I, I do know that my core motivation is more of a I'm going to do what's right because it's right, mm-hmm. not because I want to. That's a one. Who, who's the opposite of a one? Probably like a seven, I would say. What's a seven? Well, we can get into all of them. Oh, you want to do it? Let's, let's do that real quick because then I want to okay. go back and tell a story. So let's go through each one okay. real quick. Before I say that. High level. I think this is a, a really good way of putting it. This is Beatrice Chestnut said this. The Enneagram does not put you into a box, but rather helps you out of a box you put yourself into. Oh. So it's like once you realize, oh my goodness, I'm so laser focused on this one thing that I want. Like for you, it might be like, no, it's the right thing to do. Yeah. And you will not bend or flex because you have decided it's the right thing to do. Yeah. But there are times where you do have to bend and flex. Right. And that's when you have to get outside of the box you've put yourself into and say, mm-hmm. Okay, this is the right thing to do, but this isn't the right time to do it, right? I like that. So it's it's it gets you out of a box you've put yourself. For me, it's like I want peace at all costs. Right. Well, sometimes I need to face conflict to get peace. So it's mm-hmm. like that whole paradox we talked about last um episode is that, you know, so for me, it's like all I'm focusing on right now is keeping peace. And it's actually keeping me from peace. Uh, Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because uh-huh. I've put my, I'm like, no, no, I, don't, you're I, a nine. I gotta avoid conflict. I have to make everybody happy. As long as everybody's happy, I will be happy. Because a nine, what is their core motivation? Peace. Peace. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that can become almost an obsessive drive for me. Yeah. And it doesn't need to be that way, right? Okay, so that leads me perfectly into, I just want to share one quick story before you get into the rest of those nine. So I was going to let you share all the nine first, but then you you already said, so Tori's a nine, I'm a one when it comes to the Enneagram. So I'm driven by this, this thing in me that's like, I mean, if I walk, it's weird. If, if I walk past can on the ground. Trash can. In my neighborhood. No, just a regular oh. can on the ground in the neighborhood. And it's just laying on the ground. There's something in me that says, pick it up, yeah. pick it up, 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 pick it up. And if I don't, I've. I literally have to say it's okay. I I, I can't pick it up right yeah. now. It's it's okay. Jason, calm down. Like that's oh, what's this going has on been our mind. entire marriage. We go for a lot of walks, and he's just like collecting trash. And there, this was like a week or no, I'm sorry, it was like a couple months ago, and we had been really talking about the enneagram and and how we put ourselves in boxes, and. You know, for me as a peacemaker, it's like, okay, Jason wants to k- pick up trash. So I'm just going to pick up trash with him, you know, because that's what, that's what keeps him, you know, <laughs> yeah. happy. And so we, there was like a storm and this guy's trash can was completely tipped over and we were taking a walk and it was disgusting. There was like nastiness <laughs> everywhere. And Jason's like, oh, we got to pick this thing up. Oh, and we so had just started our walk and I was like, wait a minute, babe. I okay, we can come back and get this thing, but can we finish this walk without nasty hands <laughs> touching all this disgusting people's oh. trash? And then on our way back, we can pick this thing I'm up. I'm so sorry. But it was like, but that was because we had like we understand each other. There. I'm and the he, worst husband no, ever. that and you're like, oh yeah, let's that's totally cool. Let's that's do that. Great idea. But it, you know, just understand me, understanding me and like, no, I'm not going to stink and touch this nasty trash just to keep him happy. Yeah, like but, I can speak see, up and say, wait, can we do this after our yeah. walk? You know, but see, so, so just this morning, 
Tori and I were talking about when we wanted to work out, if we wanted to work out in the morning or if we wanted to work out in the afternoon. And we knew we had to do this podcast today. And so I was talking to Tori. I said, well, which one do you want to do? She's like, I don't care. Which one do you want to do? And I said, well, we were talking about whether we would work out first, first or, or later. And so Tori just sat there and she's like, well, you just tell me what to do. And I knew in that moment, I was like, she's operating out of that nineness in her that just wants peace. Like whatever would be peaceful to her is what she wants. And what that means for her is let Jason get what he wants, let him do at the time he wants. And then I'll just wrap around what he wants. Mm -hmm. Right. And so then I told her, I said, no, I'm not going to, because I know, I know Mm -hmm. that core motivation in her just to keep the peace. I said, no, I'm not going to pick it. You have to pick it yourself. And so she picked it and we right. ended up working out in the afternoon and it, and it was great. It, yeah. He's kind of like coaching me through being okay with yeah. desire. Yeah. Like, Don't. no, you know, this is what I want and that's okay that, that I can make a decision. And Tori, until, <laughs> until she did take the Enneagram and really started studying it and then became a coach in it, she really didn't know that that was a core motivation of hers. All she knew is that she never put herself out there. If somebody said, what do y'all want to eat? She would never tell you. She was not the person that would tell you. Mm-hmm. And therefore, she was always doing what everybody else wanted. But the problem is, is when that you when you operate out of that and you don't recognize it, you lose yourself, mm-hmm. and you no longer know who you are. And I'll give you one quick story in the tour. I want you to dive into these. Um, I w- I do a live stream right now. It's every Thursday morning at eight a.m. on at Benham Brothers social media, and I do a live stream. We talk about living among lions, how to thrive like Daniel in today's Babylon. So my brother talks culture. We hit all the politically incorrect stuff, and we talk to you about what God's Word says about it, and then we do some really good in-depth Bible study. So I'm, I'm one morning, probably several months ago, I walked out of the house, and Tori said goodbye, and I said, hey, honey, I'm, I've got the live stream. I'm, I've got this study that I'm going to be doing this morning. I think you're really going to like it once you tune in. And she goes, okay. And so she ends up tuning in, and I came home probably one or two o'clock in the afternoon and she was agitated and I didn't know why she was agitated. And so she, she was just busy and was getting all sorts of stuff done. We didn't get a chance to talk. And then a couple hours later we went for a walk around the block and I was like, you seem a little agitated. So <laughs> did I do something? And she's like, no, you didn't do anything. But when you told me you wanted me to listen to your live stream, I had a class that I was taking and I had a lot of stuff that I had to catch up on and I paused all of that so I could listen to your live stream and now I'm behind. I'm mm-hmm. behind in my schoolwork, you right. know, for and I think you were studying to be I forget what you were studying for, but and so but and and I realized it at yeah. that moment that Tori's nineness, that mm-hmm. that that nine in you that's like peace, like you had this plan for getting all your schoolwork done that day. Mm-hmm. And when I said, would you listen to my po- live stream? You didn't want to say to me, no, I can't because I've got some right. stuff I got to do and I can't listen to you right. because you didn't want that to be any type of conflict. And, yeah, you right. just want peace. So what you did was you died to your schedule. You wrapped your schedule around my schedule. Right. And because of that, you were behind in your schoolwork and therefore you were frustrated at me. Yes. That went, when so that, what we did I give that. up? I yeah. gave up my own peace, like the very thing that I think I'm getting by, you know, saying, okay, yes, yeah. I'll do that for you. I'll do, you know, whatever everybody wants. Okay, I can do that. And then I'm mad yeah, because 
it's not, you know, now there's all this conflict because yeah. I didn't say no. And I never knew this stuff. So when we went through that and I saw that Tori, she feels like that she should do what everybody else wants to do and not her own thing. But yet it really did rob her of peace. And then I ended up becoming the... And then I end up becoming mad. Yeah, she you was know, mad at me. Like, I yeah, was the problem. And I, Yeah, it was. it's very interesting. And it, and it happens with our kids a lot too. Like if they ask me something that I have to say no to, yeah, I it makes me mad. And yeah. I never realized what it was, but it's like, I want to keep peace. Now you just put me in the way of my weakness yes. where I am not going to keep the peace. Like you're going to be mad at me and I don't like conflict. So now I'm mad at you. Yeah. You know, it's just this crazy, and now that, go ahead, I'm sorry. it's just this crazy cycle that we put ourselves in when we don't understand ourselves. And now that I know this about Tori mm-hmm. and she knows this about me. And I know my own Enneagram type and I know her Enneagram type. It really has helped. Like I would say in in 2021, understanding each other's Enneagrams has probably been the one thing that's helped us the most mm-hmm. in our marriage. Obviously, you know, for the previous 20 years of marriage, we learned so much about beauty and battle and fighting in marriage and waging war in the spirit and all of those things. But every year we're learning something new. And I would say 2021 was probably that. And it was so helpful to us. So I think it's been really great conversation starters for us too. Like it really gave us some topics to talk about that were deep and, you know, we were going deep into each other's, you know, past and it was just fun. It was, it was really fun to get to know you at a different level. And I don't think we would have, would have without the Enneagram because it put language to some things that, I mean, we just had never even heard about. Right. Right. So and, t- tell us the uh, well, tell us the nine real quick. Okay. So the enneagram the enneagram has been around for over a hundred years. Oh, I, I don't know, know if you knew that, but no. it 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 originally it's only pop been really popular in the last like what ten years. Well, Eight actually, years? I think in, they said in the nineteen sixties is when psychologists started to use it. A lot of psychologists started yeah. to use it, and then they would you know document everything with their their patients and then they would collaborate all yeah. these psychologists collaborated and they realized wow this framework is actually really really good yeah and and it's actually it actually makes a lot of sense to a lot of people yeah. and it puts language to and there's no doubt that i mean tori and i subscribe to this line of thinking there's no doubt that maybe some wackos uh, have done stuff with oh it yeah and, and and used it bad or or maybe in the in the origins and all that kind of stuff whatever it's the same thing when I look at my Apple phone. You know, I know that that logo on the back with the mm-hmm. Apple that has the bite out of it, I know that the original logo, because I did the research mm-hmm. on it, uh, was all about a thirst for knowledge. Right. And they went all the way back to the garden. And they're essentially saying, you should still take a bite. Right. In spite of the fact that it was sinful, it was mm-hmm. wrong. It's like, you should still take a bite. But I use their tool, right. which is the iPhone, yes, to grow my relationship with the Lord, my relationship with other people. So I look at the Enneagram the same way. That's how I look at it, too. It's yeah. like there's these group of psychologists have been using it for over 100 years and collaborating their information together, right? And so I think we can learn from that. Yeah. I think we can learn from hundreds of psychologists yeah. who have used this system yeah. and documented it. For to understand each other, yeah. I mean that's what they that's what psychologists do. They study human behavior, and they have found that there are nine core motivations. So what are those? We all have oh, we have all one. of them. Start with one. And 
remember one is more dominant than the others and it yeah. tends to be almost an obsessive way of doing things, yeah. right? That's how you can look at it. It kind of can become an obsessive way of of doing things because you're motivated mostly, most dom- predominantly in this one area. So we'll start with the one. This is what we mentioned. Jason is the perfectionist, the moral perfectionist. And a one is motivated by a desire to live the right way and to improve the world. So because I'm a one, everybody else should be a one. And right. if you're not a one, you're wrong. Yes. If if you're, you know, he, Jason is highly motivated to do the right thing. And it's very hard for him to understand why yeah. you would not want to, if you know it's the right thing to do, why in the world would you not do it? Yeah. If you know that an Oreo is going to give you cancer, <laughs> if you yeah. eat it, why the heck would you eat an Oreo? Like it's just black and white to him. Yeah. Okay. And then I was going to say something about the one, about the one. Yeah. Um, well, one thing about being a one though, is I do wake up with a deficit yeah. most mornings, which means that I'm naturally thinking about the things that aren't right mm-hmm. rather than the things that are right, because there is a little bit of that perfection. Well, there. we were made in the image of God, but we're not God. Yeah. And so for a one, it feels great reminder. <laughs> yeah. It, it feels like. I, you know, I was made to do the right thing and you were, you were, you were because you are one with God, but you are not God. You cannot do everything perfect. And so there's this constant feeling of being at a deficit for a one. And then a two is the helper. A a two is motivated by a need to be loved and needed. Twos are one of my favorite people. They're just the sweetest servant hearted people. They're the best friends to have. They really are. They love to love on you. Like they see a need, meet a need. That's what a. There's a friend that Tori's got who her name is April and she's a two. Oh, she's she's, the best. Yeah. She's awesome. Yeah. She's awesome. And I accidentally called her Amy one day when we first (laughs) knew him and I introduced her to my friends as Amy. And so yeah, never got to live that down. So a two is just highly motivated to meet a need. Yeah. They're very servant hearted. And they want you to remember their name. Yes. And they want to be thanked. And there's all, we'll, we'll get into, we can get into each of these. I mean, we could talk about <laughs> each one first. For so we'll just do we'll, high level. We'll dive later. Yep. Number three is the achiever or the performer. They are, a number three is motivated by a need to be successful and appear successful. Yeah. They really want to look successful. Yeah, and these it's are important people that to them. Love them some social media. They yes, love they would be some social media. They would tend to. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Give me um, all socials <laughs> because it, it really matters to them what people think. Four is motive. Oh, the four is the romantic or the individualist. They are motivated by a need to be understood and to experience their feelings. Uh, now, these are the people that Very are creative. really creative, but they're really great at answering all of your questions about them, but they're not going to ask you questions about you because they don't care. No, okay. that's not that's true. The that's extreme. the one in you, that's babe. Oh my goodness, calm it down. I'm going to punch you. <laughs> <laughs> no, the fours are amazing people too. They're very compassionate, introspective, creative, supportive and very unique and they like to be very unique. Like they do not want to be like the rest of the world. Yeah. They don't want to fit in. They want to stand out and they're, they, they have a very deep need to be understood. And so you, yeah. when you're talking to a four, they, they want to go deep. They want to talk about, yeah. they want to, they're not afraid to feel sadness. They're not afraid to feel, feel anything like yeah. they're, they're in touch with their feelings and they're okay with it. About a five. So the five is the thinker or the investigator. 
they're motivated by a need to gain knowledge and conserve energy. They just tend to feel like they don't have enough. Like they uh, just yeah. don't have enough energy. But they're thinkers. They're thinkers. Deep thinkers. They're you know constantly aware of their energy, and yeah. they feel like people can take advantage of that, and so they're very protective of that because uh, they really enjoy time thinking. Yeah. About things. Okay, how about a six? A six is the loyalist. They're motivated by a need to have security and to feel supported by others. So the six, they they tend to kind of operate out of fear a lot because yeah. everything kind of goes through this grid of fear. Yeah, and so they're they 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 are really looking for security in people and they're looking for support because yeah. There's, they have some really deep-rooted fears. Right. And how, every, about a, how about a seven? Seven is the enthusiast. They are motivated by a need to be happy and plan stimulating experiences. So our son, Jake, is the enthusiast. Yeah. He's just, he has major FOMO, fear of missing out. Like, yeah. they're oh, very futuristic, always looking to the future. What can we do next? It and, also makes him not want to make commitments because if he makes a commitment that he could miss, miss out on something He might miss out on something else. else. Yeah. 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 Just... But I mean, the most fun person ever yeah, is Jake. Totally. So, eight. Uh, Nate is the challenger, motivated by a need to be strong. The eight, they kind of get the eight, kind of gets a, a bad rap sometimes because they're the challenger, they're right? Bulldozers. They, they're, they're bulldozers, or but they can be. They can be, but they're actually they're they actually have very good hearts. Like they really, they're very justice minded, and they they can see the injustices of the world and they want to make them right. And they will make them right because they will move toward the bulldoze, yeah. you yeah. know, over those, those things that get in the way of those yeah. people who are being um, then, justly treated. Finally, the nine. And then the nine is the peacemaker motivated by a need to keep peace and merge with others. And yeah. We talked, we've talked about that because we've used myself as an example. Uh. <laughs> so, yeah. So those are the different types. And if you, want to go take that test. And I think it would be really helpful for you to understand you and your spouse's type, but not only your type. I, I would encourage anybody who wants to learn about the Enneagram to learn each type because in relationships, yeah. it, it, it's really important. And the other, the thing is, is that like for me, I'm a nine, but in stress, I go towards the a six. I act very much like a six. So it's yeah. important for me to it could be confusing. It can be very, it can be confusing, but it's been super helpful to yeah. see that, you know, for you as a one, when you're stressed, you move towards a four. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so it's important to learn all of the types, I think. And you'll, and as a nine, I feel like I'm all of them. That's a very common characteristic of a nine. Yeah. It's like, I've, you're I, chameleon. I'm a, I, <laughs> yeah, I can very much relate to each of them because you know, as a nine, you, you can, you can kind of relate to each and every type. And that's why you, you have the ability to keep the peace because yeah. you think you understand everybody. Right. So anyways, I, I would definitely encourage you to learn each of the types. We, it's been really helpful yeah, even with our kids to understand, you know, how they think and how they're motivated and, and then also how they deal with conflict. And that's something that I think we're going to talk about in the next episode is next episode. Yes. How to deal with, I don't know what we're talking about in the next okay. episode, so let's um, not do the next episode, but I do want to do one thing as we wrap this up, because discovering motivations in marriage is hugely important, especially when we can use a great tool like folks 200 years ago didn't 
have or they weren't able to use. Now, all of a sudden, we have this tool that's really helpful to us. I want to end with a would you rather. All right, let's do it. Do you have one for me? Would you rather, drum roll. There you go. Okay, would you rather lick the dirty cafeteria floor or stick your face in the toilet for a minute? Oh, my <laughs> stinking goodness. Lick the, oh, Cafe- stick my face in it. Like, okay, so if, is the toilet like used? Does it say it? It says in the toilet for a minute or dirty cafeteria floor. I'm not sure that I could uh, hold my breath for a minute. Yeah, I in a minute, man. Definitely don't think so either. So, so I'm probably going to lick, lick the floor because I think there's the seven seven second rule. So yeah, but if it's down if it's, on the floor, it's been there for longer than seven seconds. <laughs> <laughs> good point. Good point. Good. Love it. Okay, Tori, you did a great job. I love this. I want to talk more about motivations, enneagram, or whatever at some point. Maybe maybe next episode. Maybe not. But. It's been fun hanging out with you guys. Don't forget to rate, review, leave us uh, any comments that you've got on our podcast, anything else you want to hear. We want to hear from you. So thanks so much for hanging out with us, and we'll see you next time on Beauty and Battle.